don't hate the player, but hate the game. In the world of work, there's often an unspoken expectation to play the game. A set behavior and strategies aimed at advancing your own career. While some people navigate this successfully, others find themselves sacrificing authenticity, mental well-being, and job satisfaction. Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. This is a community of women supporting women. Tune in every other Thursday to hear from SK Vaughn as she catches up with ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We will cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, thought leadership, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you are a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. Let's do this. All right, we are back with another episode this week, and I'm going solo on the podcast. So what we're talking about today is what is playing the game and when does it hurt you? So thinking about all the relevant kind of content that's out there right now, and I just think about the Super Bowl as that's coming up soon. And I think about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and all the fun that's happening with their love story as we're all watching this rom-com play out. And then I also think about Simone Biles and her husband and all the kind of drama that ensued on TikTok. And so I just felt like also with it being Valentine's coming up in the month of love, don't hate the player, but hate the game. And so I feel like this topic is super relevant, especially as we think about it in the workforce, but also just playing out in real life, in real time. So let's get into it. In the world of work, there's often an unspoken expectation to play the game. A set behavior and strategies aimed at advancing your own career. While some people navigate this successfully, others find themselves sacrificing authenticity, mental well-being, and job satisfaction. In this episode, we'll delve into the concept of playing the game, its potential consequences, and identifying when it can be detrimental to yourself and to others. Understanding the game. While playing the game refers to strategic moves employees do to gain a competitive advantage within their workplace, this could involve engaging in, unfortunately, office politics, forming alliances, networking extensively, and selectively curating your image to align with organizational expectations. While some level of adaptability and relationship building is necessary, the problem comes when these actions begin to overshadow your genuine skills, values, and contributions. I don't know about y'all, but I've seen this play out in a couple of different jobs. I've seen people really, unfortunately, take a lot of missteps in trying to play the game, and it kind of makes them look like the villain. And I hate that for them, but I also think if you're going to play the game, you need to do it in a way that's on your own terms. So I think trying to stay away from the politics as much as you can, that's that's easier said than done. And, and networking and, and doing those kind of things, I think networking is fine. I think there's a fine line when someone's like overdoing it. It's like clearly you're trying to recruit yourself out of the job to a different job. 
I still think it's good to know people and to get out there. So please hear me in saying that. But when someone makes it their job to like network and to get in front of all these people, it does make you start to question, okay, they're on the way out. Um, But also selectively curating your own image to align with your organization is a big red flag. There's a flag on the play. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now because you've got to stay true to who you are. And when you feel like an organization is asking you to be different than who you are, to, to fit a number, to fit the vibe, that's when you have to really start diving deeper and asking yourself some, some hard questions and get to some hard truths about yourself and who you are, what you stand for and what you want to um, carry forward as you go into your career. So the dangers of inauthenticity is real. So the main risk associated with playing the game is erosion of authenticity. So like disconnecting with who you are as a person. When people feel compelled to like adopt a facade to fit in or advance professionally, they can experience an internal conflict between their true self and the adopted persona. This constant struggle can lead to emotional distress a sense of alienation, and an identity crisis. Mm. Inauthenticity can also create a disconnect between an individual's personal values and the actions they take in the workplace, ultimately impacting their overall well-being. I've been there. I think back to a job, I kid you not, it was my first day and I was being onboarded and an HR professional looked at me and was going through kind of their expectations in and outside of the organization. And this is just not your ordinary kind of organization. And they told me offhandedly, oh, like if you go and get drinks with all your friends, you wouldn't want to post any of that on your stories, right? Because you wouldn't want to be holding a drink and being out there in the world drinking. Y'all, I love a good margarita. I love a good glass of wine. Doesn't mean I'm going to be messy about it and like, and put it all over social in a way that's distasteful, but that's also, I'm not saying it's who I am by any means, but I like a good glass of whatever. And especially if it's in celebration of something big, like a milestone or, you know, maybe it's five o'clock somewhere and we just want to go get Mark's and some cheese dip, like did that last night. That is a part of my lifestyle. I'm not saying it makes up who I am at all. And of course, professionally, it's not really a part of the conversation at all. So for this HR professional to have said that really kind of struck a chord with me. And I was like, okay, day one, this is clearly not a culture fit. I'm going to try to like hang in there. And I did for as long as I could. But ultimately, you've got to figure out what the right fit is for you. And you shouldn't have to diminish yourself to fit in with kind of a cultural norm within your place of work. Obviously, don't be messy. Don't be sloppy. But understand who you are and how you live your life. And if people are asking you to live differently and to to conform, then I think you have to start questioning, okay, who am I? What do I stand for? What are my values? What do I prioritize? And what kind of life do I want to lead in and outside of this organization? So dig deep and figure that out for yourself, because I promise you, you'll look back six months later and you're like, okay, this still is not a fit. (laughs) And that's okay. But you owe it to yourself to not try to change who you are and to, to fit into a box that you just ultimately don't fit into. And there's a job for everyone. Um, there's a culture for everyone. So not diminishing 
what they believe in or what their values are and how they want their team members to represent themselves online. But I think you have to ask some hard questions for yourself and figure out, okay, is this worth changing my entire lifestyle to conform? Because I'm a big believer in thinking differently. And just because we don't have the exact same ideas or thoughts around something that might be controversial doesn't mean that we can't agree to disagree. And it doesn't mean that we can't think differently. In fact, that's kind of like a mantra of mine in the working world is you need to think differently. And I invite people around me to think differently and to challenge me in those ways, because I might not see all of the sides of it. I may not see it from their perspective. And that's a good thing, right? You want diverse opinions. You want people to challenge you to make you think differently. And yes, I did just kind of take that from Apple, but um, Steve Jobs will understand. So do think differently and stay true to who you are and, and don't feel like you have to conform to an organizational kind of culture or norm that extends beyond your work life. Like if it's starting to trickle into your personal life, then is it worth it? You have to ask that question for yourself. Are you looking for a new membership to really plug into, find community, and really begin thriving? Well, we have just the membership for you at the Ladies Who Lead podcast. We have a membership on Patreon that is the thriving membership. It's only $5 a month. You get exclusive content, bonus episodes, sneak peek of the new merch, and early access to all of our announcements and promotions that are happening right here, right now. You're just the first person to know about it. If this sounds like the membership group for you, don't hesitate to sign up as we link it in our show notes. It's patreon.com backslash the ladies who lead. And this is an incredible membership you do not want to miss out on. So the toll on mental health, and this really kind of coincides with what I was just talking about, but the pressure to play the game can have a significant impact on people's mental health, you know, consistently engaging in office politics, navigating complex relationships and seeking personal gain can create a stressful environment. This unrelenting pressure to outshine colleagues and secure promotions often leads to burnout, anxiety, and depression. The toll on mental health can not only affect a person's work performance, but also spill over into their personal life, causing strained relationships and loss overall happiness and loss of overall happiness. I think we've all seen people who, again, have tried to play the game, have tried to navigate things and unfortunately miscalculated some steps and it kind of alienates themselves. And you can really see this manifest in a lot of different ways versus burnout, anxiety, like just like a lack of, of care. And um, some people like it, it's hard to check it at the door, right? Like when you don't have, I don't want to call it work-life balance because like I've mentioned before, I don't know if there's really such thing as work-life balance. I do think there is maybe, maybe the word I'm looking for is like diversifying, Kind of like you do, you do with like stock options, not going into all of that, but you want a diversified life. Like you don't want to just be nine, uh, 99% all work that leaves no room for you to check it at the door and have a meaningful relationship with your partner, you know, and this is something I'm still working on, you know, like that's kind of what my new focus is and finding the fun as I enter into my thirties this summer is like, okay, I've, I've checked all these boxes. I've, I've really 
been grinding for so long and I still want to, but I also want a little bit more of the pie to go towards, you know, hobbies and activities and having other points of conversation to talk about with your partner, spouse, significant other, whoever is so important. And I think when we're only laser focused on work all the time, that's all you have to talk about. And that's, that's exhausting. No one wants to listen about your work 24 seven. Let's get real, but you've got to find other ways to check it at the door. Again, I have to close off the door in my office at home because you're not supposed to bring work home, but here we are. And, and really just double down on what is important in life. Yes. Your job is important. Yes. You should want to develop and grow. Sure. All those things are wonderful, but let's go back to your values. Let's go back to what you're prioritizing and what you're putting stock into. And I think if you were to add more pieces of the pie to other areas of your life, you know, establishing a friend group, going to a small group, going, doing some traveling, you know, family activities, whatever it may be for you, a good workout routine, you know, and it's a fun workout, like finding other creative outlets for yourself is going to allow you to have a little bit more breathing room at work. It's going to allow it to not all feel so heavy and so much all the time, because you're not devoting all of your attention to that one line item in your life. It can take a toll on your mental health. It doesn't have to. Now I've seen people who it's just really, really gotten to them and and they've taken time away from, from that grind. And I think you have, you owe it to yourself to spot the red flags to say, Hey, pause and, and reevaluate what's important to you. So diminished job satisfaction. So when playing the game becomes the primary focus, employees may find themselves prioritizing optics over genuine accomplishments. So this shift in focus can result in decreased job satisfaction as people feel disconnected from the core purpose of their work. Instead of feeling a sense of fulfillment and personal growth, they become preoccupied with constantly impressing supervisors and seeking validation. Over time, this can lead to feeling of being stagnant, frustrated, and a lack of passion for their chosen career path. And I see you, if you're in this season, I've been there. In fact, I'm still going through some of this and, and really wanting to not be constantly seeking approval, constantly like throwing all your all into one thing. Like, I think it's very important to, again, find other ways to, to find fulfillment outside of just your work. I think that's going to be a game changer for you. And I think it's going to allow you to open yourself up to like really genuine accomplishments and just genuine relationships and seeing it for what it is. So the next part of, you know, playing the game and when does it hurt you is deteriorating relationships and collaboration. So when playing the game dominates a workforce culture, you know, trust among employees can diminish. The competitive atmosphere often encourages secrecy and undermines teamwork and collaboration. Instead of fostering a supportive environment where colleagues can openly communicate and collaborate, people may resort to backstabbing or withholding information in fear of being outmaneuvered. This breakdown in relationships can hinder progress, compromise team dynamics, and lead to a toxic work environment. I get it. Certain leaders feel like it's fun to be competitive. 
I don't think you need to make it competitive in the workforce, depending on what you're doing. If you're in sales, maybe that makes sense. In other areas, I just think that it needs to stay professional and you don't need to pit people against each other. You need to stay really neutral. Colleagues should be able to openly communicate and shouldn't feel undermined. And if you don't quit operating out of fear and leading out of fear, your team will never get over this. Fear-based leadership to me creates this issue. And there's an opportunity to rise above that, be collaborative, be direct in your communication, say what you mean and mean what you say, no matter who's in front of you and be sincere in that. I think it's going to carry your team a lot further than you think it is. And sometimes clarity is kindness. I I say in most cases it is. Sometimes, and we'll get into radical candor later because that's the next book that my team and I are going to read together. I think you owe it to your team to give candid feedback and to not be passive about it. Because the more passive you are, the more that creates and fosters like secrecy and like this feeling of what's not being said, but said to others. And there's like this weird dynamic that takes place where you feel like everyone around you is talking about this thing but yet you don't really have full context of what that thing is, but oh wait, I'm I might be a part of that that thing or that conversation that everyone else is talking about. So that that starts to deteriorate that trust, right? And then you don't have solid working relationships with people because you don't trust them to have your back. You don't trust them to give you the benefit of the doubt. You don't trust them because they've proven time and time again that they're willing to say and do whatever to make themselves look good. And that is how you create a toxic work environment right there. That is how you stir the pot. And you've got to find a creative way to foster a supportive environment. But I think the key is to not making it competitive because your success is my success and my success is your success. Just because you gain something doesn't mean I lose. We win together as a team or we lose together as a team. And that's just simply playing the right game. Next is long-term career damage. Unfortunately, this this happens. So while playing the game might yield you short-term benefits, it can also cause long-term damage to your career. Engaging in unethical practices, engaging in office gossip, or stepping on colleagues to get ahead can tarnish your professional reputation. In an increasingly connected world, Where information travels quickly, potential employers could discover that you may have questionable behaviors or a lack of integrity. This can lead to missed opportunities, damaged relationships, and a compromised professional network. At the end of the day, treat people as people, care for them well. You know, no one's a number on your team, and the world is a small, small place. Everyone's connected. So the more that you can be a resource for people, the more that you can care for people, develop them and not be an island as a leader, actually want to train your people, not out of fear of them getting better than you is a real important piece of this conversation because people talk, man, people talk and it's really easy to get positioned in the wrong way, especially when you're not invited into conversations And unfortunately, you get put in the middle of things that you had no business being put in the middle of to begin with. Sometimes you don't always have control over those around you using you as a piece on their chessboard. 
So it's important to have self-awareness, to be consistent, to speak truth, and to care for people well when those around you aren't looking out for your best interest. And this does happen, unfortunately. I'm telling you this to be aware and to make sure that you are staying away from the the office gossip, stay quiet, stay neutral, work through it, and treat people with kindness. Whether if they're on your team or they're, they're leaving your team, speak encouragement over them and let them be on their way. You can't control the inner working conversations that happen behind closed doors when you feel like sometimes you're being put as the fall guy because people are unwilling to have hard conversations. And you owe it to yourself to rise above that. Because again, this may not be the only job you hold for the rest of your life. And people help people. So remember that. Care for people well and treat them with kindness. Because you never know. Everything has a way of coming back around, doesn't it? Playing the game at work can have significant consequences on both personal well-being and career trajectories. While it's necessary to navigate workplace dynamics to some extent, people must be cautious about sacrificing their authenticity, mental health, and job satisfaction in the process. Organizations should also promote a culture that rewards merit, encourages open communication, and values the well-being of their employees. By striking a balance between playing the game and staying true to yourself, people can carve a successful career path without compromising on their integrity. Thank so, you for listening to another episode the of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Looking for another way to engage with the Ladies Who Lead podcast? Check out our Instagrams and our show notes at the Ladies Who Lead. And don't forget to check out our website, www.theladieswholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.